Hello, you guys, and welcome to We're Podness Together, the podcast where we guide you through your favorite or not so favorite Disney Channel original movies. Thanks for listening. I'm Sammy. And today we're joined by some very special guests. I'm Indoni. And I'm Gina. Grab your soccer gear and get in your minivans because today we're watching Stuck in the Suburbs. Teenager Brittany is bored with her quiet suburban life. She finds excitement when her phone is switched with the phone of Jordan Cahill? Cat? Wait. Cahill? Cahill? Jordan, only the (laughs) teen pop singer. uh, Only the teen pop singer? I fucked this whole thing up. (laughs) We should start all over again. (laughs) Jordan, only the top teen pop singer, has come to her town to make a music video. Good job. Ding. Nailed it. Nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Had you guys seen this movie before? No. Not that I remember. No. Oh, you guys have a little while back past the point where I was still watching the Disney Channel movies. And also, I remember thinking, like, I saw the, the trailer for this one as a kid, and I remember thinking, I do not want to watch that. <laughs> How did so. you feel? How did you feel when you got roped into it this time? It was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I actually kind of liked it. I have vague recollections of watching it, but yeah, this was near the time I was aging out from Disney Channel. So I think I've only seen maybe four or five of the next coming movies. I don't remember this one and I feel like I would have because it was kind of right up my alley, but I also feel like I would have felt very targeted by it. So <laughs> um, targeted because you were one of those like teen pop fangirls. In sync or bust. That was my life. <laughs> <laughs> Is that who was big around the time of this movie? I don't know when this came out. This was 2004. I think NSYNC had just kind of broken up and Justin was blowing up. So this, yeah, yeah he cut, I looked it up because I thought it was, and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but like Justin had cut his hair in 2000 and this came out in 04. So I thought that was a little. This is two years before Sexy Back. So I think it was like just before JT was like on his on his so own. We're thinking yeah. that this movie is based on the true life story of Justin Timberlake. <laughs> oh, yes. I totally think it is. And his Absolutely. journey as a solo artist. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we start this movie, and the opening credits are like a, a teen magazine. It looks just like Tiger Beat or whatever. And I kind of, yeah, I kind of love the aesthetic. Tiger Beat was like a teen magazine from the, well, was. It still exists, and I know Mm -hmm. this because I have an issue from March, April of 2018. Did you go out and buy this because of this podcast? Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, I was in a dollar store. (laughs) That speaks very highly of the the literary skill of the people writing Tiger Beat. Oh my god, it's terrible. (laughs) Somehow it's turned around backwards, and on the back is an ad for the new DCOM zombies or something like that. Yeah. Uh, So I was like, oh my God, this was actually made for me. And I went and I grabbed it and I I made my boyfriend buy it. And he's like, no, I'm not putting money. I'll Venmo you, just buy this. (laughs) Okay, whatever. I can't let Tiger Beat know. (laughs) You can't leave a paper trail. Exactly. (laughs) I I thought it like the opening credits. I was like, oh, Maybe this is where Podden, where you guys got the inspiration for the profile. And then I was like, no, nah, they totally, like, this decom stole their aesthetic. Yes, it did steal our aesthetic. I mean, our aesthetic was kind of based on Tiger Beat, and it seems like it 
drew from Tiger Beat as well. So I vaguely remember seeing this, but I did not remember the plot in the slightest. And I kind of thought it was going to be kind of like, what's that show, Suburgatory? Or it's like a girl who is from New York, born and raised, and then she gets moved out to the suburbs and she hates it because she misses the city life. But it wasn't really about that at all. It was about a girl from the suburbs who wants to get out. Yeah, what's that Lindsay Lohan movie? Uh, Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. Yes. It, it was very that. And I was wondering, oh God, I can't believe I just remember that. The whole time I was watching the movie, I was like, where are every single one of these storylines from? Or why do they seem familiar? And that's uh, why. Because it's the true life story of Lindsay Lohan's journey from New York <laughs> City to the suburbs of who knows where. Is this Lindsay or is it Justin's story? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of opens up with like a a mom, a soccer mom driving a whole bunch of teen girls home and they're all talking at the same time and that mom hates her life. And I was like, I am that mom. Are, do you have like 10 teenage girls that you're driving around all the time? <laughs> no, but I would hate my life too. She seemed, yeah. she seemed to want to get, and I kind of thought that was going to be our main character's mom, but it wasn't. It was just some side mom. Wait, that was a side mom? It was a side mom. mom. I mean, she comes back later, so... Oh. Because she's, like, the main side mom, you know? (laughs) But, like, you could just see in her eyes her counting down the seconds until she could get back home and get a glass of wine and a Xanax in her system. She hated everything. Yeah, and she's, like, driving... So I kind of thought she was, like, there would be a whole story there because it seemed when she was driving through the suburbs to drop off one of the girls she was like here we are and the girl's like this isn't my house and she's like it's definitely your house it looks like the one I dropped you off at last week and she's like nope and I kind of thought this would be about like a family who just moved here from New York or something and is trying to adjust to the suburb life but no yeah, maybe I was wrong maybe she mom. already took her Xanax and wine <laughs> she had it while the girls were at soccer practice yeah. <laughs> they all like pile into one of the houses to watch the music video release for Oh yeah. Jordan Cahill's new song. Well, cuz it was basically um what was that MTV? Uh TRL. Show? TRL. It's like basically TRL. We totally used to run home to see if who was going to be number 1 and if there was a new video dropping, we would run home to see that. But, Did you also um, dance to the music videos the first time you ever saw it yeah did you know a fully choreographed dance for a song that had never been released and there had no been never been a music video before then that was the thing i i noticed that they all like they they all pile in and then they all like do this choreographed dance i didn't fully catch that it was a dance from that video i thought it was strange that they all knew that same dance and were able to you know get it done but i was like I just thought it was odd that they all were able to break out into it. I didn't re- I did not catch the fact that it was in that video. Maybe it wasn't in the video. They just like didn't really show enough of the video, but like that means yeah. that they just have a generic dance made up for any Jordan Cahill song. That's and, what like, I thought. First of all, that doesn't work because they were off rhythm. <laughs> quite a bit of it. Yes. Like 12-year-old suburban white girls, too. Yeah. But I can be mad at them for what they did to that girl's mother's couch. You don't just put your shoes on someone's couch, even if it's at the end of your dance breakdown. This isn't singing in the rain. We're not We're not doing this. Especially because those were like soccer cleats. Right? Yeah. 
You're going to put holes in the couch. You're going to get mud everywhere. You guys watch Psych at all? No. I watched one episode. Aw. I love Psych. All I know is that pineapples are heavily involved. Mm -hmm. There's a pineapple in every episode, and it's kind of like a viewer game to spot the pineapple. Oh, it's like the snail in Adventure Time. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Or the Z's in Xenon, the third movie. I remember that was like a big marketing thing. They were like, see if you can spot all the Z's and enter into our competition, something, something, something. We'll shoot you into space, maybe. I wish you were there for our Xenon episode because I wasn't aware of this. And we actually talked about how like it was weird that there were these random Z's placed everywhere. Like Xenon has her own brand or something. And we couldn't figure that out. That's oh, fuck. Awesome. Yeah, we know. You already did Z3? <laughs> We already did Z3. We did it last week or the week before? Last week. Oh, God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> this is just like what Lori was talking about before. Oh, except that's not going to air because we lost the audio for it. That she's going to keep me on retainer for quick math and catchy uh, ending taglines. Yeah, you need a Zine on the Z-Cool after dark so that he can talk about the Zs. Well, that's all I remember was that it was like a marketing campaign, I guess, to get more people to watch a failing space girls uh, franchise. Yeah. I have no recollection of that. And this is news to me. I wish we had known this last week. Yeah. Well, <laughs> now people will know after the fact. Uh, pineapples. So pineapples. <laughs> yeah. The girl, the main girl gets some um, allegedly one of a kind flip flops from her aunt who lives in New York. And she says they're one of a kind. And then all of a sudden her friends are like, oh, I want those too. I'm going to buy them. I'm going to buy them. And they all hop on their non-internet phones <laughs> and try and try and get these flip-flops. And she's just sitting there like, no. Honestly, I think it would have been better if they were one of a kind because they were kind of ugly. Right? They were so ugly. Were I mean, I get it was like the early 2000s where everything was like neon and synthetic, like... But yeah, they weren't even cute for the early 2000s. I don't know. Everything about that movie was very much like, it was very like Claire's. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. 2003. Oh, man. Or like a, like a an adolescent version of Life Size, because everything in Life Size was very like quintessential early 2000s, like bright neon colors, uh, strange colored furs and like latex and stuff. This was just like that, except everything was like in the shape of a, like a round flower with that purple and pink from Claire's. I didn't notice all of the bright colors, but I noticed in her room, her mom was chatting with her early on about doing her homework. Um, and I noticed that the walls were pink and green and mom's ensemble was also pink and green. And I was like, why, why be so matchy matchy with the entire decor? Like, it's like they had a three color palette well, you know, they really had to save money for all those really fantastic songs that they put into the movie. <laughs> and, and the hilarious extras. Let's, we can talk about them later, though. Well, I mean, my favorite hilarious extra was the brother. Like, for a little <laughs> kid, I thought he did comedy acting really well. He like, was great. I didn't put him in the notes at all just because he never furthered the plot in any way. But yeah, she has this little, this annoying little brother who's like the quintessential little brother. And he... he his life goal was to spy on his sister 
for no apparent reason. Like he was never trying to bribe her out of it. Like if you yeah. don't do this for me, I'll tell him, I, you know, I won't tell mom and dad. Like he never did anything. Like that. He just wanted information. He just wanted to be a little creeper. And like, I think I he just know. wanted to be her friend. I think so. I had some, my little brother was kind of similar. Uh, not to the extent where he's like putting a stethoscope up to the wall to listen to me as far as I know. But he did, I think at one point, I had asked him to use my phone to send a text because I was driving. And ever since then, he decided that that was universal permission to read my text messages whenever he wanted to. <laughs> and so my brother would just like take my phone and like read my text messages. And I'm like, who are you and why? You got a password protected. You should just start so. leaving like really horrible things for him to read. Like, <laughs> like really Vulgar. dirty things or just like plans for murder and getting rid of a body. <laughs> it's too late now, but well, because oh well, yeah, I guess it's too late now. But you know, if he read that and then didn't say anything, then he'd be accessory to the crime. So, mm-hmm. but I'd have to like follow through with the murder for that to be an accessory. Be an accessory to attempted murder. Well, then you just you know you have to stage a whole big thing, and then it's like an episode of Scooby Doo, like okay, and then I like rip the mask off at the end. And it's like, or in Arrested Development, when the dad always hires the guy who's got one arm to like scare <laughs> yeah. the kids. It's like, and that's why you don't go through your sister's phone. Exactly. So back to pineapples. <laughs> so back to pineapples. Um, but yeah, I really liked the little brother. I thought he was a good comedy actor. He did good like physical comedy. He had all the right faces and like he would fall over. It was, it was real good. He was like a child Jim Carrey. But also, that means that she's the middle child because she's got an older science nerd sister and a younger spy master brother. Mm-hmm. So she's the middle one that always gets forgotten, which really sucks. Um, and they show that in the next scene when everyone just in the fa- in the morning rush, they just leave her behind in the house. Like, I don't get how you forget a whole child. But... Well, to be fair, she kept going back to her room to change like 17 times. It happened once. Her mom was so <laughs> manipulative about it too. It was really clever. Oh yeah, she that was, like, oh, that was you look cute. Prime mom manipulation. Yeah. yeah, I hope to be that manipulative of my cats one day. But you're never um, going to be able to manipulate a cat. <laughs> no, that's true. Good luck with that one. Um, but she'd also mentioned she mentions I think when she's at school, like this isn't the first time this has happened where she gets left home. Because she's the middle child. Exactly. And like, I actually, I have a friend and his, yeah, like, nobody ever talks about his, the middle sister and I feel really bad for her. But like, it's fine, I guess. I mean, you know, I, I, you probably get away with a lot more. She's loved a little bit more, just like Brittany loves Brenda's song a bit more than her, you know, long, lifelong friends. Because here comes Brenda's song, everyone. Brenda Song's entrance was so great. So they're like sitting in school. They're all, they all have their lockers right next to each other open and with a picture of Jordan Cahill and they like kiss him good morning. And yeah, it was disgusting. And then like the front doors just like blow open and then there's like a wind (laughs) machine behind her and Brenda Song just like struts her stuff straight into that school. Like in her go-go boots and her soccer ball purse. And her, like, Britney Spears hit me baby one more time outfit. Yeah, complete with, like, a tie, too. It was amazing. God, that's right. (laughs) Those go-go boots, though. She she had white 
go-go boots and i was like pretty sure i had those for like a halloween costume like not not a school thing a halloween costume maybe hers were from a halloween costume too and she just rocked it anyways i love brenda's song i love her and you know who else loves her Brittany. Brittany. <laughs> Brittany though. i'm sorry i'm reading your notes <laughs> <this> part. <laughs> and it's so good <laughs> this song that hot ass biatch walking in like she owned a place because she do <laughs> she's new here from europe <laughs> oh yeah that's important she's new here from europe so she's interesting mm-hmm. and new and not like everyone else so Brittany immediately just forgets all of her friends and yeah. she's like oh hey brenda song what's going on she kind of encapsulates everything that Brittany wants out of, because she wants to get out of the suburbs so bad and live like a, an exciting, different, unique life. And there's this girl who's from Europe, or she was living in Europe, and she's got these cool clothes and she's all confident. And she, I think she might have a bit of a crush on her. Right? Oh my God, are we bringing in the gay element already? Uh, look, first of all, <laughs> Brittany is totally in love with Brenda Song. Yeah, totally, totally. I'm in love secondly, with Brenda Song. There not, are not that two, episode. there are not one, but two montages in this movie in which they romantically look back on their friendship. There's together. three, and there's I have three? something to say about that later. Yeah, there's three <laughs> flashback yes. montages. Yeah, there were, there was a, it was like an homage to montages in this film. <laughs> So I think what happened is that, first of all, this is not a long movie. It's an hour and 18 minutes. I think what happened was they like got to the end and they're like, fuck, this movie is 45 minutes long. (laughs) And we don't have time to shoot anything more than like the 10 second intro that it takes to like, to comfortably put this montage in. So I think they just did that three times and they lengthened their movie with the three montages. I mean... That sounds legit. The yeah. montage is basically just relive the movie. Yeah, you could wa- you could watch just the video of like the final song performance in this movie, and the montage in that basically tells you the whole movie. I should yeah. have paid attention to see if they reused any footage in any of the three montages, because <laughs> I really don't think there's enough unique footage in this movie of just Brenda's song <laughs> and whatever the other girl's name is to to make three unique montages. <laughs> Okay, so Brittany is like <laughs> in love with Natasha, which is Brenda Song's character's name. Yeah. And she invites her over to her place after school so they can hang out or something. And I guess Natasha made some sort of comment about uh, liking pop stars to be like uncool. Cause oh, no, because when she walked into the school um, and they all had their lockers open and they all had the picture of Jordan, she's like, oh, who's that? And they're all like, oh, it's Brendan Cahill. She's like... Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know who that is. You know, I've been in Europe. I guess he's really not that popular. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then, yeah. And then Brittany's, Brittany's like, oh, yeah, he's not that great. I don't like him that much. not really her own person at all, which is no. fair at that age. I don't think anybody really is. Well, yeah. I mean, right. she says that she doesn't want to be like everyone else. She doesn't want to be like anyone else. But the thing is, she just doesn't want to be like everyone else in her town. She's perfectly willing to be just like Natasha. Yeah, yeah. And she was, like, so ready to throw away everything she cared about and all of her friends to impress Natasha, this girl she met, like, five minutes ago. That really bothered me, how, like, she met this one girl, and then all of a sudden, like, 
her friends were dead to her and they were like what yeah those are I mean, your friends those are the people who've been around you were so excited to talk to them last yesterday i mean honestly i would probably drop them like third period french too because they were all like <laughs> they were one note they were all just like huh. fangirls of this guy and that was it but i mean obviously yeah. they were characters but in the movie, but... she was too and then yeah. no she was like she was artistic she writes music angsty yeah. music those girls didn't do jack shit no they stole her fucking look is what they did <laughs> they did they they went online <laughs> and bought her shoes her one-of-a-kind sandals i loved that because it's so 2004 where she was like uh you can only buy these at a certain shop in new york and they're like yeah that shop has a website you can buy them <laughs> i mean i i wonder how new internet shopping was then Amazon definitely wasn't around or was... I mean, it existed it was, then. But it wasn't... It was, like, all books. It wasn't the yeah. merch that we have today. Yeah, they had to, like... Like, it had to be an online store for that store specifically. Like, you couldn't, like, just yeah. go to Amazon and find those shoes and have them shipped to you. eBay was hours. huge. Oh, eBay was huge. I so do remember they, eBay. If they had said, like, oh, we got them on eBay, like, that would have checked out. <laughs> <laughs> How much do you guys think those shoes cost? Um, uh, back then? Back then? Are we accounting for inflation? <laughs> back then, $15. Yeah, I'd say like $15 or $20. For one-of-a-kind shoes. <laughs> for one- <laughs> Wait, they're for from New York. They're 120 I'm sorry. Acrylic, yes. Acrylic... Uh, like half inch platform flip flops, but they were they were from a small boutique in New York, so it probably they probably were one hundred and twenty dollars. But the one girl bought two pairs. That bitch though. Oh, that's true. You know what? So I would guess ten to fifteen then. Yeah. Also, none of them had names. What'd you say? None of those girls had names. No, they didn't. And none of them had distinct personalities. It was just these three girls. One of them looked about eight. Yeah, but she had like the heaviest eye makeup on. Yeah, it, it made me uncomfortable. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's a really good cat eye. I'm like, oh, your teeth say eight years old. Because <laughs> they were like, you know, like she hadn't had braces yet. Anyway, so Natasha and Brittany go hang out at Brittany's place, and Brittany like has to pull down all of her Jordan paraphernalia off her wall so that she can impress Natasha. Which is just kind of sad to me. Like, you care so much about this guy and you're just willing to like remove that piece of your personality to impress somebody. But I mean, yeah. I still, I get it. I was there. I was a teenager. And Did you have that many posters of any one thing? No, I didn't have posters. No, I had a lot of Lord of the Rings posters. You were a cool preteen. <laughs> See, I did have InSync and Justin Timberlake, but I wasn't allowed to have them on my walls. I could only have it on my door. Oh, I don't think my sister and I were allowed to have posters. So, well, like not on the wall. So I just don't think I ever bothered to get any. Mm-hmm. So I thought that Brenda Song was going to come in her room because she was like, oh, wait a minute. Like, I got to clean up. And that's when she tore down all the posters. I thought Brenda Song was going to come in and be like, why are your walls so bare? Like, what? Like, it feels like something was supposed to be here. <laughs> There's like the obvious, like the, um, the, the shadow marks or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you can see something was up there, but it's been pulled down. Yeah, but they're like, I thought she was gonna be like that. It's like that, like all over. But she doesn't. She thinks her room is cool as hell. Brittany gets a call while she's hanging out with her new best friend. 
they find out Jordan is filming a music video down the street and she starts to lose her stuff, but then is like, oh, wait, no, I'm too cool for that now. Okay, whatever, guys, bye. Then she's like, hey, so I know he's not that cool, but let's go, you know, just to go make fun of the fangirls. Let's go, let's go see it. <laughs> yeah, but then she also like loses her shit as soon as they get there. Yeah. So like, I think that's foreshadowing of the fact that she's a fucking liar. Oh, yeah. We're also, not there yet. Or also just that, you know, no teenage girl has a, or really no teenager, has no personality of their own. It's true. They're all just like copying each other and trying to impress each other. What can I do to get me most accepted? I think that's like a real uh, underlying theme of this movie that like you can't ever be truly unique if all you're trying to do is impress other people. That's deep. I'm going to steal that later for lessons learned. So they're at this thing and we see Jordan and his terrible, terrible hair. And I immediately got embarrassed because when I was younger, my hair was long and kind of similarly styled. It was but so my bad. part was like down the middle as opposed yeah. to off to the side. So it was it was much worse, honestly. And I didn't have highlights. So I was about was to really... ask, did you have the terrible highlights? So did you did you have no. frosted tips like that? Oh, that was... This hairstyle was like frosted tips that had been grown out. Right? Yeah. It was so... I, I tweeted about it and I tagged Taryn Killam, who's from SNL. He's on SNL now? Or was Is that where I've seen him? Yes. Is this the guy who plays Jordan? Yes. He's he's on or was on SNL. He's been on Broadway for Hamilton. Wow. Um, wait, so really? he can actually sing? Yeah, he can actually that was him singing in this movie. But what? he credited it as Jordan Cahill. Oh, he grew up okay. <laughs> yes. That's really funny. But from my my original point of bringing up was with the hair, I tweeted and said, I was like, I wonder how much at Taryn Killam regrets this movie because <laughs> that hair is so bad. Yeah, but then, well, we'll get to what happens to the hair in a second. Because it gets worse, <laughs> to be honest. Oh, I thought it really improves. I mean, not that it's good, but there is, you know. I thought it was a step up, but yeah. there's really nowhere a- to go but up. So. True. Yeah. I'll, I'll go with that, Sammy. <laughs> but anyway, she bumps um, what, uh, Brittany. Brittany. I keep wanting to call her Rachel. Brittany bumps into a crew member and they accidentally trade phones, even though one is bright pink and the other is gray. Right? How do you confuse a bright pink Nokia <laughs> with a silver fucking Blackberry? Was it it was either a Blackberry or a Palm Pilot? Either way, you oh, would I couldn't know, think of the word Palm Pilot. You would know real quick. Especially, like, the manager guy, you would notice your phone within two seconds because that's your life. Yeah, that was, so the guy she bumped into, I didn't know at the time as I was writing the notes, because I write the notes as I'm watching the movie. Uh, It was, like, his personal assistant. And also his best friend. And also his best friend. And he's, like, in charge of his entire life. And he's just, like, yep, this is his phone. He's so bad at it, too. He's so bad at it. It's like, clear that the only reason he has this job is because they're best friends. Like Jordan asks him, he's like, hey, I've got all this shit on this phone. Please back it up to, guess, a computer. He just doesn't do it. They trade phones. Brittany realizes pretty quickly that it's not her phone, and she tries to give it back. Well, she realizes because Madonna calls. They were, like, yeah. really name-dropping like crazy <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> they were. 
like earlier in the movie she's talking about like she tried to lie to her mom she's like oh yeah i'm studying about the beyonce purchase of 17 blah 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 <laughs> like to make her think she's studying geography and then madonna calls and then later they talk about j-lo and gwen stefani yeah they try to return the phone at, like she goes to the i don't know how she found out that they're what hotel they were they're staying? in such like a bumpkin suburb not bumpkin. oh they they went to the one hotel in the in the suburbs no they yeah. said it was the nicest hotel oh okay it's the freeway yeah that makes sense that makes it, sense. It, it was the nicest hotel and she's like they have to be there like that's the only place they would put him so they try to like convince the uh, concierge yeah that concierge and the guy's like <laughs> can't also me. looked 14 right <laughs> He was like two years older than Brittany and Natasha. <laughs> yeah. And then he like he tries calling the personal assistant to be like, "Hey, just confirm or deny you missing a phone." And the guy's like, "I'm not missing a phone," and hangs up. And like two seconds later, is like, "Oh shit, <laughs> bro, wait." <laughs> and then he runs up to the van and he smacks into it because the sister's a really bad driver and she stops suddenly all the time. I loved the nerdy sister's anxiety with driving and like yeah. how they just kept that gag going. <laughs> also she was driving like a mom van like a suburban right. like i i don't like driving anything bigger than a compact car and i'm 28 anyway. also it's really just driving home the fact well she's driving them home and it's driving <laughs> the fact that it's they, driving these two teenage girls and the fact home <laughs> that they live in like a very suburban suburban <laughs> oh my god oh god oh no Oh, I'm drunk on LaCroix. <laughs> um, it happens. Suburban place. Everyone's got a minivan. It's very Edward Scissorhands, like all the houses. Little boxes on the hillside, you know? So the girls decide that with this phone comes power, and with great power comes no responsibility. <laughs> and so they start dressing up as Spider-Man. No responsibility and terrible decision making. Yeah, they're just like, yeah. well, since he won't give us his phone, there. No, they didn't even want her phone back at that point. They're just like, we're going to use this opportunity to exploit Jordan's existence in yeah, every to way, shape, or form. They I, still I didn't, didn't even try though. They didn't hold like. I feel like if they had said, just give us five minutes with Jordan, we'll give him his phone back. The assistant would have been like, done. Right. Well, no, because like. He told them, no, you don't have my phone. Oh, you're talking about afterwards when he, like... Yeah, afterwards, once he found out that he had... And he was... All the assistant wanted was to get the phone back. And all they had to do was say, yeah, let us hang out with Jordan for a day. Let us have lunch with him or something. Like, easy fix. But instead, he's like, no, I'm not letting that happen. Just give me the phone back. They call up... I guess the a notification came up that he had a hair appointment. And they call up the hairstylist. And they're like, firstly, he wants to chop off all of his hair. Yep. And secondly, only feed him raisins. And we learned earlier in the movie, he hates raisins. Yeah. They also were like, don't look him in the eye. Only address him as, as Jordan or whatever. Like, Kneel before you speak. Kneel before you speak, which is the best. <laughs> I wish they had shown that. They did just once. Did they? When she like, yeah, she like the stylist does. She had a name that I, for some reason, I whatever like yeah, she revealed the haircut to him and he's like what have you done and she's like oh my god i'm so sorry and she like kneels and offers him a raisin and he's like <laughs> completely aghast at 
what the hell is happening. But then it turns out he was like, you know what? I wanted to make a change to my style anyway. I wasn't really sold on the hair anyway. Jordan seemed really cool and laid back. Yeah. yeah right. But they keep, so they keep making changes and like getting to know him more through his phone. So I guess this is like the dawn of the era, the era when people were like really becoming dependent on digital technology. Yeah. So like he stored everything in there, like all, I mean, I guess all his emails and texts and his notes and lyrics and stuff. Um, but also his password was just the factory setting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what does that even mean? Yeah, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what that means either. Like, one, two, three, four? And what's a factory setting? I've never had a factory setting password. Exactly. I, mean, I remember back in the day, there was like, there were certain settings that you couldn't change within the regular menu. So there was like a secret menu that you had to put a password in to get to. I don't remember what it changed, but it was just like, it was just zero, zero, zero. So maybe that's what it was. But yeah, the brother, she was, she handed the phone to her little brother to be like, help me hack into this phone, which is such a violation of personal space and personal property. There was a lot of that happening. As a teenager, I bet she, she totally would have been super hypocritical about it. If they had set that up at all, she could have like had a diary and like flipped her shit. If someone was reading her diary. Well, she kind of did when Natasha was going through her songbook. Yeah. She was very, very easy about it. She was like, don't look at that. But I'm not going to try and stop you at all. Like, she did nothing to stop her. So, yeah, they keep on digging more and more into his privacy and completely disregarding any sense of decency. And uh, so, they, <laughs> like, they make other changes to his life, like his wardrobe, which I think looked terrible after the changes. It, it was, was like, bad before, but yeah. like we said, nowhere to go but up. <laughs> no, I think they, like, dug the hole a little bit deeper because, like, everything just kind of got, like, frumpy and loose. I mean, before it wasn't great because he was wearing really bad hats and the hair was really bad. And then they bring his puppies over from New York. Were they his puppies? Yeah. Or they were just puppies? They were his puppies. Oh, I thought, like, they just ordered him puppies. <laughs> I would like two puppies delivered to the hotel. Yeah, please, that, thank you. I literally thought they were just like, oh... Jordan is sad, um, so please have puppies delivered to this place. I think it was his because she was like reading the song lyrics, and apparently in his song lyrics, he talks about missing his dogs. Wait, oh, so the mom, I guess her one personality trait is that she's like an activist, and she always has a project going on, and her big project is trying to save uh, some old house. She was like super passionate about it, and she kept trying to sh get her kids to care in any way shape or form the poor mom i loved the mom she was trying to get anyone in the town to care about yeah. the house she was crying to her husband about how she'd be lucky to have two people at the rally that she is hosting and she'd like she'd be lucky if one of them were any of her kids but she's not holding her breath it's so yeah. sad and she's like actually crying about it you can tell she really cares about the well-being of this house Brittany sees her crying and she does something to help, but it didn't seem like she actually cared. Yeah, I mean, it was like very self-serving. I mean, I thought it was like, yeah. she kind of saw she's not the only one that feels the way that she does, which is trapped in this terrible, boring suburb where everything is the same. Like she sees that her mom feels the same way. Yeah. Because the house is like the only unique one in the entire borough or whatever you would call it, apparently. So she uses her her powers of the phone to schedule uh, Jordan to perform at the rally to save the house. She's like getting shitty 
at this point in the movie she's she like was always shitty <laughs> she was always shitty that's true but now she's getting shittier because like for a little while they were like trying to be altruistic and the changes that they were making in jordan's life they're like oh let's do these things to make him happier because he doesn't like being trapped in this fake visage that the that the record companies made for him. I think they were telling themselves that when really they just wanted to mess around with him just for like a power high. But Brittany just gets shittier and she like takes <laughs> all the credit for like oh, man. Jordan and making all these changes and she like just completely throws Natasha by the wayside. Yeah, Natasha's the brains behind the operation, but yeah. Brittany takes all the credit and Natasha's like, um, but because Natasha also doesn't want to get stuck being just a somebody in this town yeah but the difference between natasha and Brittany is that natasha actually made a change for herself and tried to make herself somewhat unique as opposed to Brittany, who's like i want to be unique so i'm going to find the most unique person here and copy them yeah yeah that's true so Brittany sucks is what we're saying yeah Brittany's the worst natasha natasha made some mistakes but they weren't nearly as bad as Brittany. yeah but Natasha's also like fucking fabulous. She is. (laughs) I'm sorry. You will never hear me say a bad word about Natasha. Well, I mean, she's a fucking liar, but we haven't gotten to that yet. (laughs) You know, we're actually almost there. Yeah. Um, We're pretty much there. Um, Brittany sucks. She pushes out Natasha. She manipulates Jordan. And then she also blows off Jordan's girlfriend, Penelope, on a phone call. Which results in them breaking up. Yeah. But even that, there were like no consequences for this girl because even then Jordan's like, eh, we were on our way out anyway. Yeah. I mean, this guy just really seems like he was a zombie in his own life or like a passenger in his body. Like he just was not doing anything he liked and doesn't He's like, I want to sing, but I don't want to do any other work. So Brittany feels bad about having broken up Penelope and Jordan. So she goes to see Natasha. And she runs into Natasha's mom who kind of tells her that they did not used to live in Europe and her dad's like a traveling salesman around Buffalo. Natasha had been saying that her dad lives in like Sweden and Madrid and all of this stuff because her parents are divorced, but it turns out they're not even divorced at all. And he's just like, he travels, but it's around, it's domestically. This is one of the first, this is the first montage. Yeah. Is right now when she's thinking about like, all the ways that Natasha has like insinuated that her parents were divorced or that she lived in, well, not even insinuated. She's like, I lived in Europe. I had that phone when I lived in Madrid. Yeah. And it's just like, it's a soul crushing and friendship ending montage. Yeah. Brittany storms up there and like calls her a big fat liar. And Natasha's like, I might be a liar, but at least I'm unique. At least I'm not. At least I'm fabulous. Yeah, at least I'm not just desperate for attention, which, which is fair. She, she totally is, though. <laughs> she sure. kind of is. Yeah. But at least she works it. Yeah, she deserves the attention. She, like, <laughs> she went out on a limb for her attention, whereas Brittany just, like, rode coattails. Yeah, let's. Natasha made up a whole new life, whereas Brittany just, like, subtracted a small part of hers which was <laughs> for this pop star. exactly <laughs> and then she totally went back on that too because yep. she was like oh i really love this pop star let's manipulate him <laughs> <laughs> we manipulate the ones we love <laughs> and then we get the montage of them like reminiscing on their friendship 
and you just see like all of the times they spent together and I just I kept expecting like hand holding and like yeah sweet kisses yeah sweet kisses and like running through flower fields or something <laughs> stolen moments together in like someone's room <laughs> or behind a tree or something exactly and it was almost exactly that yeah. these <laughs> montages happen very close together yeah it's like the betrayal montage they fight call each other names and then Brittany storms out the friendship montage so there's a lot of phone calls towards the end of the movie there's yes. a lot of phone calls somehow jordan gets a hold of Brittany's phone he finds out that he doesn't have his phone the personal assistant's been trying to cover that up this whole time but wasn't working jordan calls Brittany, and they just have like a nice friendly chat while he's sitting on a bench trying to hail a taxi and i was like and she's like you're not going to catch a taxi in the, the suburbs and i'm like you're not going to catch a taxi sitting on a bench but right it was fucking stupid because they were driving past him so it's like he should be able to catch one because there's no one in those fucking taxis there should just not be any there to begin with to be honest i didn't I don't think they showed the taxis and I thought he was just trying to hail cars. Like a car. Yes. <laughs> Excuse me, soccer mom? Soccer yeah. mom. <laughs> that is what I thought he was like trying to do that. So I was like, what? What? So this is the point where they track the phone. Uh, Jordan had nothing to do with this. Jordan like has no involvement whatsoever in like the phone drama. Um, but the personal assistant gets a bunch of other Jordan cronies and they triangulate the signal of the phone. They rent a minivan and chase her down. She's on a bike, and there's a minivan bike chase scene, and it's my favorite part of this whole movie. Well, because, like, there's really never any time when she's in any peril of being caught, because it's never, like, she's on the bike and the van's right behind her. It's just, like, she gets on the bike and rides away, and that's it. And they, like, somehow immediately lose her. Yeah. Also, I think... Minivans are the only car dealerships that are around that na- that town. Oh, for oh, sure. For sure. I love it. I love it. And then I like um, minivans. I think they have good utility and they're comfortable. Natasha and Brittany kiss and make up. There was really because no because she was being chased by a minivan. Yeah, there was no impetus really. She uh, yeah, she was being chased by a minivan, so she has nowhere to go but Natasha's house. And no, they... she goes back home, and Natasha had just broken oh, into her fucking yeah, house. Oh yeah, Natasha was sitting uh, alone in a dark room, <laughs> <laughs> like a stalker. <laughs> and Brittany runs in, and Natasha like turns on the light and turns around in the chair. And says, I've been waiting for you. <laughs> and then, being the lesbians that they are, they kiss and make up. And then they run away together. They do. The minivan mob show up at the door and they both just scream and run out the back door. (laughs) And then they don't stop screaming. I'm like, shut the fuck up. They're going to know exactly where you are. (laughs) Also, they're screaming like they're being chased by murderers, not by people who want their personal property back. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't know. That record manager or whatever he was, he seemed like very willing to do whatever it takes. Yeah. They were a little threatening. Nobody really had names in this movie. Brittany and Natasha and Jordan, and that's it. They go to find Jordan in the park. They do. Yeah, they so they call Jordan and they're like, uh, can we come meet you? And Jordan's like, sure, I'm going to stay out of sight. And then he goes to a crowded cafe, takes off his hat and sunglasses. <laughs> I'm like, he also gets a bobblehead of himself with his meal. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that that was the accident. That's what kind of tipped them off. They're like, wait a minute. And then another stupid chase scene ensues. Because <laughs> he's like power walking away from this mob of fans. He's like not even running. There were a lot of chase scenes and a lot of montages. Yeah, the minivan chase scene has like three parts to it. Yeah, I think it's like half the movie. Natasha comes up with another brilliant plan to save the day. And she sends out Jordan's original version of his new hit song. The lyrics are a little different and they're a little more raw with feeling um, closer to the image that Jordan wants to portray, but his record manager is not on board. Yeah. Your version doesn't have long, ugly, terribly highlighted hair. It won't sell. (laughs) Exactly. So Natasha leaks it out to all of the press Oh no, she like beams it to Britney's phone and then Britney texts it to all the girls that she's friends with and they text it to all the other girls and then just like... Wild yeah, hair. it goes everywhere. And then they say that he's going to perform that version live at the rally that her mom is putting on. To save the house. To save the house. So it's sort of like Harry Potter with um, Buckbeak and Sirius. It's like, if you do this correctly, two lives might be saved tonight <laughs> oh wow how long were you waiting to use that Robert? it just came to me that was really now. good back in the minivan <laughs> back in the minivan like seriously though the <laughs> science sister is driving and jordan is like telling them about himself and how he grew up in a similar town and uh and how he wanted to get out just like them. And so it shows what we've been seeing this whole time that he and Brittany are kindred spirits. Mm-hmm. But she knew through his phone. Mm-hmm. He says the deepest part of this movie, you can be stuck anywhere, but you can't blame the location. Bam. Too true. Too true. <laughs> uh, then he performs at the rally. It goes well. There was a mob of people there. Yeah, because everybody loves Jordan. I hated the produced sound of the of the performance. (laughs) Like it was basically like the track from a CD. Like it was, you know, there was the well, not necessarily auto tune, but you know, there was like voice effects. And mm-hmm. there was a backup band, and it was mm-hmm. just like all like it wasn't acoustic. Why did they just do acoustic? Like yeah. why did they have to do that? Come on, Disney Channel. Yeah. Also, it sounded exactly like something a record producer would want it to sound like. Yeah. yeah. So why the record producer was so adamant against this being a thing is. I think it was the lyrics. Like yeah, all he changed was the words. Yeah. That's still dumb whatever nobody cares about lyrics everybody just cares about a catchy tune so yeah i know the words to many songs and i if you asked me what the song meant i could not tell you even though i know every single word <laughs> same yeah. uh, did you guys see so when he was performing the older sister was definitely like doing a whole mm-hmm. yeah so <laughs> i watched can get it <laughs> I like I looked I looked up the movie when um Laurie told me that I like I had the option between this and um bring bringing it 
taking it on the mat, taking cool. it in the mat, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> going at it on the you. mat. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh so I like looked this one up on YouTube to see like the trailer. They didn't have a trailer. All they had was that scene. And I was like, oh, I never seen this movie. Who's that girl? Oh, that must be his girlfriend because she was like making such eyes at him. So many eyes. Yeah. We had like this whole movie. She's made like no reference to being a fan of Jordan in any way, except she was the one who broke the news about Penelope dumping him. Yeah. So she does somehow follow Jordan news, but yeah, she doesn't seem like the the Jordan huge Jordan fangirl. And then at the end, it's like all of a sudden she's hot for him. Well, I mean, like everyone's horned up over him at the end. <laughs> she was extra horned up. Damn hormones, though. Dem yeah. hormones, too. Uh, there was another montage. Oh, yeah, during the song. <laughs> during the song with uh, Brittany and Natasha once again being friends. There was yeah. a scene of them sharing an ice cream cone. Secret lovers. <laughs> yeah, the, the ice cream, like, that was during the chase or, like, them trying <laughs> to find you. They, like, really tried to cram in a lot of just random comedy it in was... this, like, when they run screaming from the house, they jump over a fence and then they like they fall and there's like leaves shoot up. And then when they're on the bike, they like knock a guy into the river because he's fishing. And then Natasha drops her ice cream cone. It's just yeah, there's just like a lot of comedy. But I didn't think it was bad. Agreed. Yeah. No, I actually really enjoyed this movie a lot. I didn't expect to. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be really cheesy and dumb. I it was, it was be... cheesy and dumb, but in like the enjoyable cheesy and dumb way where you're like, this yeah. movie holds no real value, but I'm having fun. Yeah. Well, I thought it was also going to be like way more romantic. Like Jordan is not very heavily featured in the movie at all. Like I thought he was going to be a main character and really it was all about Brittany and Natasha. Yeah. And the phone. Because it's a lesbian drama. <laughs> a lesbian coming of age. Yes. Uh, we find out Brittany and Jordan stay in touch even after he leaves. Yeah. Which I kind of loved. I loved it too. And she's just like, uh, no, Jordan, I can't come visit you in New York this weekend. Maybe next weekend. Yeah. Uh, love you, babe. Bye. <laughs> Katie's, bye. Not 18 yet. Bye. <laughs> yeah, I want to know what kind of pop star is inviting like a 13-year-old girl to come hang out with him in New York. She's like the only person who understands him, though. He probably sees her as like a little sister or something. Yeah, I enjoyed that also, it wasn't like really romantic between them. Also, he was probably, we did not hear his end of, end of the conversation. He was probably like, hey, you want to come visit me in New York? And if you want to bring your hot sister, I wouldn't be. <laughs> they do another uh, music video premiere, and we think it's going to be the new Jordan song. And it turns out it was the personal assistant. Oh which, my god! Which makes me think that Jordan just went back to just writing songs, because that's what he was most passionate about. And he let his friends slash anyone else just perform them. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Or maybe the real secret is that the whole time the assistant was the one who could sing, and Jordan is just the face. Oh, maybe. Has this that's, been a just... lip sync scandal this whole time? Yeah, and there was no clues or anything. It was just like at the end, bam, dropping, dropping the truth, dropping the bomb. And that's the movie. <laughs> and Jordan still doesn't have his phone back. No, they just permanently switched phones. They swapped <laughs> memory cards. 
<laughs> Actually, he left the phone in the park, so. So overall feelings? Um, I was surprised that it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Gina, lesson learned. Quick, go. Uh, lesson learned that even reluctant pop stars can get shit done because all he had to do was show up to that house and there was a mob of people and they ended up saving it. They like did they save it? Money. They yeah, did. they did. Okay. At the end, the mom like you see them all hanging out or something, or the mom's at the house and like it's all repainted and refinished and uh, okay. There's like people like <clears throat> chilling on the lawn. I don't know. Doesn't matter where you are, still try to pursue your dreams. Maybe. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Oh. Or carry a soccer ball as a person. Everyone will think you're interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you're interesting. <laughs> yeah, you are. My lesson was just that you're not truly unique if you're just mooching off of other people's uniqueness. Oh my God, that so. is transcendent. That was really <laughs> good. Yeah. That was a good one. Shit. I can't commit to the soccer ball now. <laughs> no, just, commit to the soccer ball. I'm committing. I'm committed. Just be yourself. Like what you like. Don't care what other people think. Like and that soccer ball purse. Yeah. Yeah, like your soccer ball purse. Like just be own it your, and flaunt it. Yeah, be your truly weird self. And some people aren't gonna like it. Some people are. But either way, you're living your bliss or whatever. So. Yeah. Also, maybe go get a vision test every once in a while, because if you're colorblind, then you might just switch up your phone with someone else. <laughs> I think that's what happened. Okay, rating. Like a 6 out of 10, maybe? It was bad music, decent everything else, um, not something that I would purposely watch again. Yeah, I think 6 is a pretty valid rating for it. I didn't hate it. It was a fine watch. I en I enjoyed it. There were definitely good parts. Yeah. I I was gonna say I give it six or seven microphones out of ten. Here's some trivia. Uh, Jordan Cahill's cell phone is a Palm Trio 600. I told you it was a Palm. Nice. <laughs> is this the part where Lori usually reads funny reviews? Yeah. Wait, <laughs> I just scrolled down to the further down in the notes. I was like, oh, but you already have a review here. And then I keep on reading. I was really confused. No, I wasn't going I was to like, that. I was like, there's no Lawrence <laughs> brother in this movie. <laughs> it's, the review for, it's the review for taking it up the butt on the mat. <laughs> we can't, Which, so uh... I tried to like make the titles of DCOMs dirty somehow. And I could like I could not do it with stuck in I was like sticky in the suburbs. Like there's no oh. stuck it in in the suburbs. Ooh, yeah. that's good. Um, here's a review. The title is the best song is here. The best song here is Brenda. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. This person gets us. This person. This person is us. Yeah. Saucer lips. Danielle Panabaker plays Brittany Aaron's, one of four girls who are hot for pop singing boy toy Jordan Cahill. However, Miss Aaron's, a budding songwriter, seeks a little something more in her life than her plastic existence. Ten minutes into the movie, later comes Natasha Kwan Schwartz, Brenda Song, a new girl who walks into school like she owns the place and passes herself off as a sophisticated upper crust New Yorker slash globetrotter. Wait, I'm oh, sorry. She's got a last name and she's also Jewish. Right? <laughs> Apparently, she's half what? Jewish. I, like this is a whole uh, subplot that we missed. Yeah, there's a lot of backstory. <laughs> 
Only she doesn't come from the part of New York she, you might think she does. Ah, Brenda Song, where were girls like her when I was growing up? Ooh, this got creepy. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, oh my God, I get it, because like she's from Buffalo. Didn't even connect those dots. Yep. Upon Natasha's arrival, Brittany slowly starts to move towards breaking out of her conformist routines, but not before becoming an extra in Jordan's latest music video and inviting Natasha to join her and her groupie friends. She didn't become an extra. That's a lie. She was a featured dancer. She was a video (laughs) girl. When Jordan's entourage bumps into Brittany and Natasha, they all collect their stuff and get each other's cell phones. Once Brittany gets a hold of Jordan's much more sophisticated phone, was it? It was Natasha not. convinces Brittany that it'd be fun to mess with his career. Along the way, they find that Jordan's life is not the life he chooses, but rather the one his record company wants for him. They won't even allow him to use the lyrics he wants for his own songs. At first, he's terrified that his personal barber gives him a major haircut, but eventually accepts it as the first step towards a break from his plastic image. This is just... This person on. likes the word plastic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I suppose it helps to actually be a girl under the age of 16 to fully enjoy this movie, or at least to have been that age during the pop explosion of the late 1990s. This doesn't mean it's a completely bad, that's not a sentence, it's just not one of the better ones, but what the hell, give it a try anyway. That was really just a summary, more so than a review. I just like the title. (laughs) Yeah, the title, it peaked there, honestly. If you mix up your phone with a celebrity, make sure that you take that fancy motherfucker and leave us a review on iTunes and Google Play. And... Follow Bam. us on social media uh, uh, or email us at podlistogether at gmail.com. All right. That was fun. I'm going to stop the recording. Bye.